Welcome to Stepping Into Health, inspiring conversations with Tamara Ortigal. Join me for engaging conversations with people who are utilizing holistic modalities to heal and transform the mind, body, and soul. You will hear amazing stories from real people who have been on the journey to reclaim their health and gain insights you can begin to incorporate into your daily self-care routine today. Welcome to episode three of Stepping Into Health, Inspiring Conversations with Tamara Ortigal. Today I am chatting with my friend Kristen Stafford. Kristen is the owner of the Balanced Fitness Studio in Oak Park. Her studio offers personalized fitness, health coaching, and various massage services to support the body holistically. I can't wait for you to learn about her wellness business. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Tamara. Thanks for having me. I know. I'm so excited. Um, I want everyone to know about your wonderful studio and, um, you know, hopefully as this COVID situation dissipates, uh, more and more people will want to work out in studio um, and get back to some of the great offerings that you have. Yeah, thank you. We've um, it was certainly had massive changes, but I, I feel like there were things that were happening prior to whether it be um, my personal life, my professional life that I needed to let go of. And I've been taking the time to just release, (laughs) to honor it, acknowledge it, and uh, sort of say goodbye and let go of the things that felt like like side hustles. Uh, So I actually feel pretty good about where things are right now that we're keeping things with uh, one-to-one services um, to keep everyone safe and feeling um, comfortable. And we'll see what is meant to happen as we continue through this, this current journey. Yeah. I know we have so many things to cover, um, but let's back up and tell people a little about, bit about you, you know, tell me, you know, who you are and how you got started in this business. Yes. So I got started in holistic health. I feel like that was sort of um, chanced upon, but also just in, in my destiny. It was in my plan. Um, So I had a friend, I was working at a gym and she said, hey, there's this guy and he's going to be teaching this class. Do you want to come? It's a one-day class. And I was like, uh, sure. I need some continuing education credits. And it sounds interesting enough. Yeah, I'll go with you. And so um, that was 10 years ago. And the class was taught by Paul Check, And that was my very first introduction to him. I hadn't heard his name prior to, but I had been working in fitness at the time for about nine years. And uh, the course was called scientific stretching. And it was an all day eight hour course. And the first four hours, Paul talked about all of this stuff (laughs) that made some kind of emotional sense to me, or maybe it made logical sense to me. (laughs) But either way, it felt, I felt very connected to it. But I also felt like I had no idea what he was talking about. There were a lot of new concepts that he introduced. And I was also sitting there in the midst of a migraine. And 
Uh, halfway through the class, about four hours in, he asked this class of about 150 or 200, 200 or so people uh, if they wanted to see what he does. And people responded like groupies, like we were at a concert and they screamed out, yes. And so then he, <laughs> he looked my way and says, do you mind if I use you? And like my head's ready to explode. And I was like, no, whatever. I really don't care. And the woman in front of me freaked out. It was like her favorite musician had just reached down and touched her. And he looked down and he said, no, I'm talking to her, pointing to me, the girl who's like in so much pain and eyes are probably crossed at that point. And so then he starts to ask questions and he's telling me, he's like, do you um, X, Y, Z. I was like, yeah, this is strangely accurate. What are you doing? And asked me some things about my personal life and my professional life and everything was spot on. And I felt incredibly enlightened and exposed <laughs> at the same time. That had to be and so weird. Yeah. It was, it was so weird on so many accounts. And then like I said, at the same time, it was just like, yeah, you are, you're spot on. So I feel really comfortable in what you're saying. There's nothing that's a shock. And so I decided to start enrolling in, um, I just took the, like the next sort of course that was available. I bought his book and read that. And that was one of the prerequisites for one of the courses and, um, met a, a now good friend and colleague in that, Michael Roseline, and he introduced me to J.P. Sears. And so I um, sort of dove in with some classes and then some coaching with J.P. and continued for the next like five years, really pretty intensively studying and then trying to apply things to myself. Um, but the, the chancing upon it said was, I, I feel like very much guided that, that came, that was in my plan that came from higher powers for sure. Um, but it was so much stuff that I needed, not only physically, I knew a lot about movement. I knew, um, quite a bit about, or at least what I thought about nutrition and this whole idea of our emotions, uh, weighing on us and being a stress and how, how the stress of our lives impacts things like our workouts and what we're choosing to do or not to do in them and setting goals and how we can end up, you know, setting goals, starting out strong and continually failing or self-sabotaging due to not addressing some of these other elements of our, our whole selves. So particularly looking at our emotions, at least that's what it, that was a big factor for me. And so since then, um, I was working for a larger gym at the time and just felt like the environment wasn't right, wasn't conducive to how I wanted to expand the work with my clients and um, opened my business in 2012. And since then, um, got married the next year, had a baby about three years ago and was already in the role of um, daughter and sister. So that's sort of my, um, my nutshell of my, my roles as mama, wife, daughter, sister, business owner, and holistic health and movement coach. Yeah, really cool. It's so funny that you um, attended a class from Paul Check, maybe not realizing like 
how famous he is and how many followers <laughs> and then even connecting to JP like I know with the program I went through with integrative um IIM the integrative uh program he is one of the people that presents and you know I follow him on Facebook but I've never met him um so it's funny how you know you and I <laughs> are kind of like following the same people but you're meeting them in person and taking classes from them but um they are some amazing leaders and thought leaders so that's really neat that you found them or they found you and that's yes. part of your journey and yeah just incredibly incredibly instrumental and yeah like you said didn't um didn't have any social awareness to it and so it was nice to go in um just thinking like yeah this is another this is another cool person that I'd sit down and and chat with yeah wow so okay so you were ready to you know take all that new knowledge and understanding and do something different with it so um, was your next step right into owning your own studio or what did you do next? So I took some more courses in, uh, holistic lifestyle coaching and, um, some other courses in, in how to be a coach, um, far different than being a trainer, of course. And it was a, a combination of things like working for, a company where I felt like it was, I was very valued by the numbers that I produced either through revenue or the number of sessions I conducted and just knowing at the core of, I think all human beings, <laughs> we want to be valued as people and valued for the work that we're doing. And to have had, like when you're building relationships with people and to have it be glorified in the money that was brought in. It just felt gross. And I needed to get out of that first and foremost. And then the, the coaching work that I was starting to integrate within training sessions, um, I really even just the piece of breath brought people to a place where um, they would become very emotional during a session, which I was fine with but when you're in a gym and somebody is maybe in a stretch and then starts to cry it can be really uncomfortable and awkward for someone to be in such a, a big public space so it just felt right to have something that was um, smaller private more conducive to to that yeah no it's so true right when we open up our body we release so much and so um, much. yeah crying can be out of pain and discomfort. It can be joy and enthusiasm that you can do something you didn't used to be able to do. Who knows, you know, all the different range of yeah. things. And um, yeah. And your place is such a safe space to experience um, and release limitations. Thank you. And really like the, the actual physical space when I found it felt right from the beginning. I looked at I'd already looked at a dozen spaces. I looked at another 12 more. And so it was the one that I chose out of looking at 24 different spaces and initially thought that it was too small, but there was just a feeling about it. And it just had the right energy when I walked in that it just felt like being at home. And so that has been something that has been very important for me, for everyone who comes in as a practitioner and as a client of the studio to always feel 
welcomed, to feel safe, to feel comfortable, warm. And it, I've just been very, very blessed by the people who have come into my life. I haven't done um, advertisements to seek out practitioners and the, I work with a bunch of magicians. They're <laughs> uh, physically and emotionally gifted in incredible ways. So when you opened um, Balance Fitness, did you initially decide that you wanted to invite other people to be practitioners in this space or how did that come to be? Yeah. So I knew a massage therapist, Rebecca Ralston, and she was working independently just out of a, a small room on her own um, and was seeing her as a client and was expressing some of my frustrations. And she was just giving me very gentle encouragement to go on my own and let's say a little bit different as a Pilates instructor and personal trainer that there's a lot more expensive equipment involved than what there is in purchasing a single massage table. So I was, I knew that I was not only going to have overhead of rent and utilities, but then I would have this loan for equipment. And um, I had been in the area for a few years, so I knew a few other people. And so it, it was my plan from the beginning to have um, Rebecca in the space with me. And then um, there were two other movement practitioners. And that was how it started. And then I got connected uh, with someone else who did acupuncture and then met somebody else who was doing Pilates. She eventually studied biodynamic craniosacral therapy. That's Mallory Thompson. She's still working here now after over six years. So being able to start to expand services into some of the things that I had heard about through holistic health coaching um, through my studies, but hadn't even really experienced or dabbled into and then met um, a woman who was a psychic medium and she came into the studio to work for a little while and then um, more recently met Allison Case who does energy work in the form of Reiki and healing touch. So it's been just fun, fun to meet people who practice all of these different healing modalities. And uh, that was part of letting go for myself of feeling like I needed to be able to do everything. It was so cool to have a space where, yes, I can receive this as treatment. I can refer other people to it. Um, the That's still, still just excites me so much. There's so much that I don't know about. Yeah, I think that is the thing in the beginning, you feel like you have to be knowledgeable about so many things and able to support people in every way. And then you realize that you just can't keep up that things are changing so fast. And you have to pick the things that are your favorites, and or that come naturally to you. And then you have to partner with other people. And it just opens up this world of possibilities. And it's pretty exciting. And I, um, like, so when I, when I got into holistic health coaching, it was looking at it more from the, like the, 
I guess the health side of it, I didn't really feel like, I felt like I was in good shape. I was in good shape physically. I was strong. I ate well. I had good energy. I worked a lot. So I felt like that those were all good things. Um, but I had been dealing with chronic headaches and migraines for so long that I didn't, um, didn't really know that there was something else that I could do about it. Um, I didn't want to take pharmaceuticals, but I took over-the-counter anti-inflammatories to the point of it could easily be described as addiction. And they got to the point where they didn't do anything for me. And it felt very much like I had either failed or my body had failed or failed me. And so in starting to learn about holistic health modalities, like, oh my gosh, there are just so many different things. There's so many different opportunities here. And each one felt like it was either another piece of the puzzle or just unlocking more potential. It wasn't like, this is the end. Okay, this either chiropractic care or um, massage therapy or acupuncture or just like keep going through a list of things. If that didn't work for you, then it's still supporting your health. It's definitely not doing anything negative for you. And we'll keep tapping in until we find the piece that really makes a shift. Yeah. So what are some things that did work for you personally to either prevent a migraine from coming on or once you had one to help it to go, you know, calm down naturally? So I have been dealing with chronic headaches and migraines since I was 19 years old. And I would say that it's really not been until the last two years that I have had them um, managed. I think in those migraine drug commercials, they say, if you're, you're dealing with four to five migraines per month or more, then you should take this drug. So <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> um, I was like, wow, that, I mean, even, even one per week, one per week is so debilitating. Um, I know that I was definitely at that point, um, for years, years of my life. But within the last two years, I've been able to either have them in remission, um, where I would get maybe, I was going for a stretch of several months without getting them prior to, um, the start of the pandemic. So March of 2020, and then I wasn't able to get acupuncture anymore. And I had to take many weeks break from it until they were able to reopen. And so then had recurrence in addition to massive stress of just fear and uncertainty of having financial instability of having um, so many shifts in my business. But so um, what what worked, what worked um, meditation, I meditate every day. And that's been a long journey of trying to get to that place and I will talk about emotions with everything that it was like being enough to myself, loving myself enough to say that it's okay to sit still and be, you don't have to do. Um, CBD has also been incredibly helpful. Um, even um, increased my dose a little bit through um, not only a pandemic, we've had my goodness, so much going on. My, my husband is black. He's a police officer. Um, my mother-in-law became suddenly ill and passed away in a matter of 15 days. 
Um, so I've <laughs> lost, lost a fair amount of sleep. So to be at the place where I can take a little bit of extra CBD and sleep through the night, I think is a, a great sign of where I am, as well as a massive blessing to have that access. Yeah. Um, but ac acupuncture, I do that monthly. Um, energy work, I probably do every six weeks. And then hydration, organic and sustainable foods, avoiding gluten and pasteurized dairy, and um, time with family, friends, my dog. Yeah, those are those are like my those are my go tos. It's a lot, but <laughs> those are um, all good, and they're all readily available, which right. is great. You know, they're accessible to almost anybody who wants them. Yeah. I want to come back to talk about your husband and your mother-in-law, but before I forget, I do, I want to have you share the meditation program that you put together online, um, yeah. because I think that would be really neat for people to know about and um, participate in. Thank you so much. Um, I was in, I made a goal for myself at the beginning of 2020 to meditate daily because I would go through spurts over the years and maybe commit for several weeks or maybe even longer than that. Or um, I would do it and then skip two days and do it again. I was like, no, oh, I really want to, I want to do this every day. But I also know for myself as well as for so many others, the way that I coach is setting a goal that is attainable. And if it's something that we've I really just haven't been able to get going on or stick with, I encourage clients to make a goal that seems almost ridiculous, as in it seems so easy that there's no way that you couldn't do it. So I made a goal of 60 seconds of meditation every day for 2020. And that worked for me because I started out doing maybe it was five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And even on the days when I just got in my 60 seconds, I was still giving myself that time and space. But I found on the very vast majority of days, I was getting in lengthier meditations. And then I had a friend invite me to join uh, a virtual meditation group in February. And I felt resistance to it. And have also decided to embrace those times when I feel resistance and choose to see it as a, a challenge that is going to make me stronger. And so I joined the group. And then after about four or five days, we were invited to form our own group. And so this time, my resistance my walls skyrocketed. <laughs> I came up with every reason to not form my own meditation group. And it's like, okay, embrace it again. And so I reached out to um, six friends and within an hour, four of them said yes. And I was like, oh, shoot. I, said, <laughs> I love it. I guess I gotta do this. <laughs> So then I made the commitment. I had my group a few hours after that, my original meditation group dissolved. She was like, I've, I've just, I've learned some information about this meditation that I've been sharing and I'm not comfortable to continue. And I am a recovering perfectionist and it's like, Oh no, you've got to be kidding me. I just told <laughs> oh, all no. these people that I would do this meditation. And now 
I have to go and make myself look like a fool and tell them that I'm not going to do it. I was like, no, my ego can't handle that. <laughs> so instead, like, all right, the last one is a 21 day meditation, 21 days. There are seven chakras. Seven times three is 21. We will focus on each of the seven chakras for three days and we'll do seven minutes of meditation and we'll have a journal exercise. Boom. So while I am I'm like on the day that I needed to send the meditation out. I'm writing the meditation, but it was, it was a wonderful experience. It could have easily been seen as something that was really stressful and it was flowing and at ease and really just incredibly joyful. So that first group um, that were good friends of mine, and then at the start of the pandemic, which ended up being just a few weeks after I finished the initial meditation group, I started another one and offered that out to the public for the first time. And so now, um, instead of trying to form my own groups for it, I'm inviting people to engage with their family and engage with their friends during this time where we will most likely uh, continue to go many months without seeing loved ones who are on either other parts of the country or other parts of the world. And so it's a really fun way to connect with ourselves and then feeling that connection of being involved with a group. That's so cool. Um, so how would someone sign up for sign themselves and their little group up for one of your meditation programs? Uh, so the Information about the meditation is on the website, which is balanceholisticfitness.com. And it's under the classes and special events page. And you can scroll down to the bottom, and then they would just end up reaching out to me directly. And then I would get them started once I have the contact information for each of the participants. Wonderful. Oh, how exciting. Okay. Um, so let's talk about your husband and, sure. um, how is he doing with, um, his work? Let's, let's focus on his work right now and then we'll sure. talk about his mother. Um, I, I check in with him a lot because I'm, I'm a constant feeler. <laughs> I'm constantly in, in my emotions and checking myself. I think because I lived physically for, for so long that I'm still on this other side of um, not being so hyper in tune with what pain was in my body. And so now I check in with my emotions uh, a lot, I think, in order to also help make sure that I, I don't move back into that place of holding things in and having all this sort of blocked, trapped energy causing pain. So from what I can um, assess from the outsider perspective, I think that he is doing well. He really enjoys his immediate colleagues, his fellow officers. Um, they are they're in incredibly um, just community community oriented group. And this, this community is, is very connected. Um, so in that it's, it's not, there's so much out in the media about so many things. 
that are uncertain and scary. And then we see one story and we get focused on that, that there are, of course, misperceptions, there's lack of communication. Um, but I know that he knows he's still doing the job that he has done for the past over five years of showing up every day and being his best self so that he can bring his best self into a very stressful job. Yeah, I know. I feel like I, I don't know how anyone would not want to support the police. I mean, just it's so crazy. And I hope that, you know, some of that um, is just not real, you know, that we really are um, going to support the police and that we remember they're real people with real lives and real families and, um, and that as soon as possible, we're going to move past these feelings of unsupport and um, go back to, you know, realizing and remembering the value that they bring to the community. I have thought since the end of May that there is there is so much going on for everyone, uh, but seeing what I saw, what I'll consider like the initial protests and the initial uh, riots and looting, um, there were so many people who are so angry about one side or the other. And what I said was, I believe that what we are witnessing right now is a a vocal outcry from the black community and people of color. And we are experiencing a silent outcry from law enforcement, from police officers. And by that, I just don't think that many people realize what kind of trauma police officers face and experience on a daily basis. There are things that they face often that if one of us had to, to face even once in our lives, it would be such an imprint. It would have such a lasting physical and emotional effect that we would carry it with us for years. And they are expected to essentially move on to the next call. And I, I believe that we all need to be more aware of ourselves. We need to talk more to each other and we need to be taught uh, skills, skills that we can access readily and easily to manage our physical and emotional stress and experiences. Yeah, I know I can't agree more. I have a friend whose son is, um, you know, around my older boy's age, and he's just a really, really handsome, blonde, blue-eyed young guy. Um, and when he graduated from college and went into the police force, I couldn't have been more shocked. You know, he just didn't look the part to me. Sure. But he just has this really inner st the strength inside and the desire to serve the community this way. And she said that on one of his first assignments, you know, he was called to a home where someone had hung themselves and he had to cut the body down. And yeah. on a separate occasion, he was called to a domestic violence where guns were drawn and 
He had to calm the situation, make sure that the people without guns moved aside to safety. And then he had to talk the one out of shooting the other. Um, you know, he was just a 23 year old brand new guy on the force. And, um, it's so true what you say, you know, we expect so much out of them. And then when they come home, we expect them to be, you know, as if they just were playing golf all day, or, or maybe they were negotiating a contract that, you know, could be tricky, but it's not life altering either. Mm -hmm. So I think we do need to have a lot more compassion for the work that they do. And, you know, it's society and the way that society is broken in a way that's, you know, causing a lot of stress for, you know, themselves and, and the police force as well. So um, I give him so much credit for every day being, you know, willing to go out there and to solve problems for all of us and keep us safe. And I hope Thank that, you. you know, I know that you offer him support and he benefits from everything that you do in your home, but I hope that he knows that, that, you know, even people who don't know him, um, are rooting for him and for his safety and for his, you know, emotional and physical and mental well-being as well. Thank you so much. I know that he um, is is aware of it and like it is for, I, I think most of us that it's always nice to have a physical reminder, like when people drop things off at the police station for them, um, you know, food or otherwise, or even just stop him on the street to say, hey, thanks so much for the work that you do. Um, but we've, we've definitely felt the, the strength of intention and positive thoughts and prayers from our community throughout the last three months. That's great. I'm glad that, that he knows that he's supported. Yeah. And then, um, my goodness, your mother-in-law's diagnosis and um, ultimate passing was so fast. Um, what what would you like to say about that? Oh my goodness, um, that we, of course, love her dearly and and miss her physical presence so much. Um, but in in the balance of life, in the yin and yang of energy that I am actively choosing not to stay in darkness. And I am actively choosing to see and feel and experience lightness. And we, again, have, have had so many blessings through such a shocking and traumatic and tragic time. Um, Oh, I have, we have a three-year-old daughter and I've been talking to her a lot about, <laughs> about emotions, not only since her grandma passed, but since she was a baby and helping her to express things like when she would be so upset when we would leave to go to work. And um, so I think that it has allowed all of us that we have openly discussed her emotions and our emotions to be able to move through this with a lot more communication and just a lot more love and a lot less fear. Um, our relationship with my husband's father has, has flourished in this time. We had a, a, a positive relationship with him and I, I would have said a great relationship, but his mom was 
the communicator. She was the one that she would call and she would text. And now we communicate with him every single day. And it's really sweet to see my daughter having this different relationship with her grandpa and that I, I give him a call to check in and see how he was doing or if I can drop off some food. And I, again, I'm just finding, finding joy in that. And um, that there, there's just, there does not have to be only sadness. There's inevitable sadness and grief and loss but that we can be equally open to the bounty of, of blessings that are, are there for us. Our communication with our other family members and our friends who are reaching out or sending flowers to let us know that they're thinking about us, it to me really truly makes a, a massive difference. Yeah, well, because you know we, um, we are afraid of death and you're, you're modeling that it's real, it happens and that your life has to go on and she's going to be alongside you, you know, in that process, but you're building the strength of your family to be able to be together in this space and beyond and to grow um, and to love and to bring that to others as well through the modeling that you're doing. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you're doing well and that, you know, you're, you're remembering her, but you're also exploring other avenues of the depth of your relationships with your family. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's definitely something that um, I, I was, I was fearful of the piece with my daughter and how that would go. And it has, uh, as I said, of course, been sad at times, but has had the opportunity to just present as, as a blessing. Yeah, right. So the, um, back to your business. So these are all the amazing gifts that you bring to your clients, just who you are and your life experience. And um, tell me about the kinds of clients that you um, have or are looking to have in the future. So our actually our current clientele most often comes into see us for some sort of physical pain, and I'd say I love the piece of being able to offer movement services, but they're not at all traditional movement services or not looking to annihilate or pummel your body just for the sake of experiencing physical pain. <laughs> we are very much looking to connect with ways that can support what your, what your needs are. And we educate our clients. So we definitely have a clientele who is interested in taking care of themselves and learning more about how to reduce, again, physical or emotional pain. And then I feel like it's my... Um, my job as a coach and then also as the business owner with supporting other contractors services to then help educate our clientele on these various services or offerings, whether it be something through a supplement, um, a class, an individual service, um, the infrared sauna, something else that they might not have known about, which 
I find for myself included, that's, that's the part that's not challenging to be open to, but just sort of gaining that extra level of, of awareness. And um, when there are so many things that, like I said, that are, um, we, we go into it thinking, oh, this is, this is this service that I need, I need a massage, or I'm looking to get stronger. So I'm going to work out in some way. And then helping people to understand that so much of their pain could be due to maybe something that is GI related, or um, just to some other part of their body. And then what I would love to be able to move into is offering that in a small group setting. Um, they haven't looked into anything virtually yet because I do feel like I strongly prefer contact and being with people, but I'm also keeping myself open to all of the possibilities that are out there. So who knows, maybe I'll put something out in like a digital product to um, record and have available for purchase, but to be able to start looking at one of my ideas is um, how to look at what our face is showing us. So our, our skin and our wrinkles and how that is um, representing our organs and things that we can do to essentially beautify from the outside in or, and then inside out in looking at what the actual like treatment, if you will, would be. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You're reminding me, I used to have a mannequin head and feel free to borrow this idea if you want. Um, I bought a mannequin head and I put a wig on her and then I had somebody who paints paint in different tones under the eye circles and different parts of your cheeks and your chins, uh, chin and your forehead and then each organ. And if you, you know, have um, uh, some kind of a inflammation or whatnot, what that is signaling, you know, so that you can tie that to an organ system that may be weak. Um, and so, you know, my little mannequin face had all different paint on her and um, it was a great uh, representation of what's going on internally. And I think people really connected to it. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Right. It's so true. I mean, you know um, if my husband eats too much dairy, he gets this crease down his cheek and he'll be like, shoot, you know, like it's a physical <laughs> reminder that, Oh, wait a minute. You know? Um, and you know, we all have that, uh, some little sign that, you know, maybe we need to change something and our face is such a good window into the internal workings of our body. Yes. And that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that I want to be able to start sharing with, with more people. So putting into a small group format and, um, it's just, I think it's so fun. It's so fun to have this little toolbox of maybe you had this thing that was nagging you and thought that, ugh, either this um, mark on my face, then it's just going to be there. And I would have to do some sort of like cosmetic surgery in order to get rid of it. Or even thinking about joint issues that a lot of that stuff does not mean that once it shows up that you're just, you're stuck. You, it's not the case. There are so many other options and that is, that is what I love. And that's what I want to be able to just share with, 
more people moving beyond one-to-ones and figuring out a way to get it out to groups. Um, but coming from, you know, we've been just so, so, so busy over the last several decades and only getting faster and faster. So still trying to figure out the best way to be able to share that and really, um, connect with people at the same time. Like I said, I don't want to just put content out there and have it sort of be one-sided. Right, right. I know, um, you know, previous to the pandemic, if you were were to have a Zoom thing, that would be kind of creative and people might, you know, embrace it. But probably right now, if we invited, you know, professional people who are on Zoom calls all day long to do another Zoom, they would definitely uh, decline. So, um, yeah, we do need to be a little more creative in the way that we, you know, bring information to people. And um, I think being able to invite them face to face, even in ones and twos, is probably going to be really wonderful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that'll start to become our sort of new trendy thing, being able to meet face to face or sort of micro groups and, um, Whereas before we all had so many things with our our work calendar and then our extra commitments that there just wasn't time to throw anything else on there. And so when we've been connecting virtually all day, and it'll just seem like such a, a blessing to be able to have an opportunity for a one-to-one or, again, just tiny group connection. Yeah, little engagements here and there, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited for people to connect with you via your website for now. And, um, you know, if you would give us your website one more time, and um, if you if you want to share your email address or your cell phone or anything like that, you're welcome to, um, because I just know when people connect with you, they're going to learn a lot about themselves and about the work that you can do for them. Thank you. The business website is Balance Holistic fitness.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at balance whole fit. And um, my email address is my first name, K R I S T E N at balance holistic fitness.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. So is, is there anything else you want to say in closing or did we cover it? Um, we will probably hold it for next time. Cause I feel like if we're opening up any more <laughs> boxes, <laughs> we could just really keep going on. <laughs> I agree. I know. I, I know there's going to be a next time for sure. There's so much more to talk about. So anyway, I hope you have a wonderful day and, um, thank you so much for being on this call and be well, everyone. Bye for now.